Hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth Traveler. I'm Brother Albert. Today we have a bonus episode for you, and Brother Darren Venus is going to talk with us about the real Romans Road. So sit back and enjoy. Hey folks, Brother Albert here for K-Non-K. K-Non-K means heart-to-heart in Haitian Creole. K-Non-K is a 501c3 charitable organization, bridging the hearts of those more fortunate with those who are less fortunate in the island nation of Haiti. K-Non-K provides meals, clean water, housing, education, clothing, and medical services for the underserved kids of Haiti. In addition to two fully functioning children's home complexes, a school for the local community, English as a second language classes, a place for the local neighborhood kids to come play after school with a soccer field, and a medical clinic, your support helps supply clean water to a local fishing village, a transition house for older kids stepping into adulthood, and support to many other local orphanages in the area. Your tax-deductible donation will go a long way to help make a difference for so many in Haiti. Learn more at kanonk.org. That's K-E-N-A-N-K-E dot org. Thank you. Good morning and good evening, everyone. Thank you, Brother Albert, so much for asking me to be on the Truth Traveler podcast. I've enjoyed so much the previous, uh, I believe, five episodes uh, listening to you um, as well as Brother Ernie and your wife, Sister Julie. Um, admonish us, encourage us, um, just give us some good um, good instruction and some good uh, revelation of the word um, as we do journey through this life together. Down the road towards heaven, that's the eventual goal for all of us. I know. Um, Again, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here. I wish I could be with you in person today, uh, but I'm very grateful for your uh, flexibility and willingness to uh, to let me do uh, remotely um, what what uh, we want to talk about today. And uh, and I think you know in the continuing theme, as I've listened to your your uh, your broadcast, your podcasts, um, as we sort of uh, seem to be continuing to tie this into that traveling theme. um, I kind of want to stay on that theme a little bit today. Um, I feel like um, there can often be a lot of things that are very um, confusing, um, some things that can throw us in the wrong direction. Um, and uh, you and Brother Ernie have have uh, touched on this and, and spoken in bits and pieces about it. Uh, but I'd like to just talk today for a few minutes about just this idea of really understanding the directions that we're given. Uh, you know, as I believe Brother Ernie said uh, a couple of podcasts ago, Jesus said, search the scriptures, search the scriptures. Um, he told that group there gathered there that day that it's it's in the scriptures. You think, of course, you know, you have to realize that at the time there was no New Testament. Jesus was referring to the Old Testament and the writings of the prophets and the, the Pentateuch and, and, and so on. And he said, search the scriptures because it's in them. It's in those things that the scripture outlines that you may perceive as actionable items, right? 
uh, that you may perceive as being things that you must do or follow or um, adhere to, um, to to be saved. It starts the scriptures. He said, in them, you think you have eternal life. And, and, and he didn't um, negate that. He didn't say that's not true because, in fact, it is true. But it's true in a different sense from what they thought in that day because they didn't fully understand the directions. It was true in the sense of, as he went on to say, these are they which testify of me. It was true in the sense of they pointed to Jesus Christ. All of the things um, that were in the old covenant are shadowing, typings of the things that are in the new covenant. The priests signified the priesthood of Christ. The sacrifice, the lamb signified the perfect sacrifice that Christ became. The, the, the things that were present in that tabernacle signify things that are present in our gospel today. The brazen laver full of water being that place where um, we are baptized. The altar of sacrifice, of course, before you even get to that laver of water is where um, the sacrifices were made, and that is a type of our repentance. The holy of holies where the presence of the God dwelt uh, in the Ark of the Covenant, of course, being the type of the Holy Spirit that exists within us. But as we know, um, when Christ died on that tree, the veil of that temple was rent from top to bottom. And so all of those things that previously had been clothed and, and had been um, unaccessible um, to mankind, now all of a sudden were made open and made it available to us. Um, but there is such a key um, importance, I think, in really, truly understanding the directions that God has given us in his word. Um, it's very easy to um, take bits and pieces, headlines, if you will, um, sound bites uh, of the word and try to craft your Christianity and your walk with the Lord around those sound bites and without really understanding necessarily the context um, into which they were spoken or the events surrounding um, the particular action that may have occurred. Um, and so just for a little bit today, for a few minutes, I'd like to maybe just kind of speak to that, uh, to that uh, reality and that cautionary tale maybe um, of making sure that we really understand the full complement of directions that were given um, before we change um, maybe um, the way we believe about something, because the word is to be taken in its wholeness and its completeness and its totality. Yes, each verse is um, powerful, um, and it, each verse can, as Hebrews 4.12 tells us, um, cut, pierce, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and can discern what is the thought's and intents of the heart, but really the, the book in itself is given to us to be understood in its totality. As you begin to read in Genesis and you start at those beginnings that you and Brother Ernie have referenced um, in the podcast a, a few weeks ago, you, you see the, the commonality, the theme, the thread that is woven throughout the entire book. It is not a random selection of things that are thrown together in a, in a volume to represent different ideas and different thoughts, but it is very much a crafted, very much an organized um, story that is unfolding, the story of the relationship that exists between God and humanity. And, and that story 
is is centralized around the figure of Christ Jesus, who is God incarnate in the flesh. And so the Bible being this total um, package, I think it's important for us to look at it that way um, and not to be guilty of just taking um, you know, the, the small bites here and there that are palatable to us and leaving those things that maybe we enjoy less uh, still on the plate. Um, and so I think for me, one of the things that to me is one of the most, um, and I'll say maybe misunderstood or uh, misrepresented things, is this concept of um, the Roman road. And obviously this will, uh, this will resonate with a lot of your audience being travelers. Um, we all travel down a road. And as we travel that road, as you drive down the interstate, there are many places to get on and to get off of that road. There are lots of places where you can you can decide I no longer want to be on this road and you can exit off to get on a different road. There are lots of places where you can say, okay, I don't want to travel the first 50 miles of that road. I want to get on that road way, way up the line. And so what happens in those cases, and I think it's especially true when we consider our spiritual journey, when we miss the first portions of the road, we come into that road not understanding some of the things that have gone on before. And again, I think that's especially true with our spiritual journey. The Bible we know is given to us uh, line upon line, precept upon precept. It is built. Um, and I think that's especially true in the writings of Paul. And that is where really a lot of us take many of our um, theological beliefs from our Paul's writings and his revelation of the mystery of Christ and the things that we understand about the gospel um, in large part are revealed to us through the writings of Paul. But there is a caution there that I think that we must understand, and that is that when we start to look into the Pauline epistles specifically and others, um, that we understand them in their totality, that we understand them in context, that we, we do our due diligence, we search the scriptures, as Jesus said, to find out um, not just what words were said, but to whom were they said, and, and in what setting were they said, and what was going on around them at the time, because those pieces of sort of ancillary information um, can dramatically affect the context of the, of the words themselves, and therefore, in many cases, um, provide different understandings of their meaning. And so as we talk about the Pauline epistles and we talk about journeying down these roads, I think it's important for us to know and, and to realize, as I said, that these things are given to us iteratively, that they are built upon another. Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation, as you all have talked about already. Well, the foundation is the first of something else. It is not the end-all, be-all. It is not the complete thing, but it is the thing upon which everything else is built. In order for there to be something, uh, a foundation, then there must be something that is built upon it. And so again, as we receive these things line upon line, precept upon precept, and interestingly, that phrase line upon line there is referencing the way they used to build um, stone walls or, or wall uh, made of rock. They would They would sort of create a line that was um, level so high above the ground, and then they would fill it with stone, and they would pack it in and compact it until they had a wall that was that high. 
and then they would take that line and raise it another go go far uh, to where it was level again. And in an example, another two feet, another five feet, whatever that number is, another ten feet, uh, and then they would just build to that line, and they would do that over and over and over again until they reached a point that they wanted to be, until they reached the finish line of where that wall was. And so line upon line really is telling us that you can't start building the wall at the top. <laughs> that seems silly, uh, but there's got to be something there upon which you're building. And so as we build line upon line, we have to understand the things that came first, those beginnings, as you and Brother Ernie spoke of, before we can really completely understand the things that are being given to us further down the road. And I think one great example of that um, is, and I'm sure many of your listeners have heard this phrase, um, is is the Roman road. Um, the Roman road, many people believe, is just simply the verses in Romans chapter 10 that tell us that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that you'll be saved. And that is definitely what those verses say. Um, but I think to take them in um, alone, without understanding all of the things that came before those words in the first nine and a half or ten chapters of of Romans is doing a disservice to um, completely understanding the directions. And as as you know, Brother Albert and, and those that listen to you, when you don't have a complete understanding of your directions, uh, bad things can happen. Uh, you can end up in places you didn't want to be. Uh, you can uh, find yourself in places that are dangerous to you. Um, and I think the same thing that exists here within our spiritual journey. If we don't take the time to search, to seek, to understand the things that came before, um, then we we take a very big chance. We take a risk on, if I just enter the Roman road, for example, in Romans chapter 10, without traveling all the way down that road, beginning in Romans chapter 1, and understand all of the things that Paul was speaking to the church of Rome that brought him to the point of that statement in that chapter, then I am taking a large risk, and I am basing, um, I'm basing my eternity in some instances on a very limited understanding of what was being said. And so, in this specific case, we can look through the Book of Romans, and I won't take the time to do it all here today, but it's not difficult to go into the book of Romans and identify uh, some verses within each of the chapters to sort of help us understand where Paul was at when he made those statements. The book of Romans, uh, if you've not uh, taken the time, if your listeners have not taken the time to, to study it out, to read through it, it can be very complicated. It can be very complex um, and, and somewhat intimidating, honestly. Um, but what it what it does is it is, it is a beautiful... Um, theological dissertation of the, the, the relationship of Christ with man and the sort of the progression of that relationship um, and to the, the, the salvation experience in the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he is the central figure in that. Um, and, and I think for me, if you look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, very familiar portion of scripture in those two verses, um, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's not something that I shy away from. It's not something that I am ashamed of. And here's the reason why. And to me, these two verses are the thematic verses for the entire book of Romans, and everything that comes after is really um, 
in some way expanding on these two verses. He says, I'm not ashamed of the power of Christ, for it is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. What is the gospel of Christ? Well, we need to go to Acts chapter 2 to understand that. And we know that the gospel of Christ, as outlined by Peter in the Acts chapter 2 message, is that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, became the perfect sacrifice, and died a death, and came back to us on that day of Pentecost as the Holy Ghost, that he may live within us, that he may dwell within us, that he may become a part of who we are, that his nature spiritually can become our nature. That gospel, Paul says, is the power of God unto salvation. Understanding, fulfilling that gospel, the power of God that brings you to that point where you are able to be saved, and that's applicable to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And he goes on to say that it's in that gospel that the righteousness of God is revealed. It's in that gospel that we really truly understand what is the righteousness of God. He explains to us later in this book and in chapter 4 primarily about the righteousness of God, referencing back to Abraham, how that Abraham was not justified because of what he did, because of the fact that he followed uh, the voice of God and left Canaan. He was justified because of the fact that he believed what God told him, that what was counted unto him for righteousness. That was what was counted unto him for righteousness. Not the mere act of doing it, but the fact that he believed it and that led to an accident from him. And so Paul begins to lead us through this journey and begins to try to explain to us what it is about Christ and our relationship with him and this interaction that we have with him that brings us to salvation. And he tells us in Romans chapter 2 at the end of that chapter that it's not about what you do on the outside. It's about who you are on the inside. It's about whether you have the spirit of Christ in you on the inside. And he begins to lead us more and more through this book. He starts talking to us in Romans chapter 5 about the grace of God and about how that we used to be one thing, but God has taken us. He says that there was there was one man, Adam, as you and Brother Ernie, again, I'm alluding to your conversations, your previous conversations a lot because they've been so good. I've enjoyed them so much. But as you spoke previously about that that first man, Adam, who, who made an offense, he offended God. He took action that was in opposition to the commandment of God, to the um, things that God had told them not to do. They did. And as a result of that, that death came, as you mentioned in your podcast, that death came, that spiritual death, that separation then from God. They were expelled from the garden. They were not able to be in communion with God like they had previously been. And so there was then this desire of God to bring back that communication that had been broken, to bring back that relationship. And that, in fact, was the mission of Jesus Christ. He said, I am come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, that being the individual, the people, the person, but also that being that closeness, that relationship that existed that is now lost because of the offense of Adam. And so in chapter 5 of Romans, Paul begins to talk to us about how that there was this offense that created this separation. And one man's offense, because of that, we all became sinners. All of us now are born into this state of sin. But the story doesn't end there. This is a good news story. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news story. 
good news is that there was a second man, Adam, that came and given the same decision while the first man, Adam, sat in the garden faced with the difficult decision of choosing whether he would follow his own will, that being eating the tree, or follow the will of God, that being obeying and not eating the tree. He decided in his own will. The second man, Adam, faced with the same decision in another garden, faced with the decision of following his own will as the man Christ or following the will of the God that he was, decided that, I wish this cup could pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so because of that decision by that second man, Adam, now Paul is teaching us through this book of Romans that we all have access. We all have access to God. And that because of that, we are able to be and be brought to this place of salvation. We're great now, prompt, then. And so from that, we've seen many theological, um, I'll say, uh, movements that have told us that now that there is, you know, maybe even sin is not even possible uh, to a saved Christian. Um, and, and, I, and I would urge you again, continue reading the book of Romans. Look at the next chapter. In fact, the first verse of the next chapter says, what, what do we say? Are we going to continue in sin because now we have grace and we want to make it more bountiful? No, God forbid, Paul said, because he goes on to tell us in chapter six there that because now we are living under the, 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 with the spirit of Christ, if we have in fact followed that gospel, if we have in fact repented, if we have in fact been buried in baptism in Jesus' name and been filled with his spirit, walking in that gospel that he talks to us about in verse 16 of chapter one of this book, if that is the case, then, then we, we are dead to sin. We're no longer under the rule of sin. But instead, we are alive under the rule of Jesus Christ as he reigns in our life. And so, no, that does not give us a reason to sin. In fact, in chapter 6, he tells us that you need to understand something. I believe it's verse 13. He says, you, you, whatever it is that you yield your member to, whatever it is that you find yourself doing, where you find yourself occupying your time, where your mind is, where your heart is, that's who you're a servant to. Because what you decide and prioritize in your life defines to whom you have yielded yourself as servant. That can be unto sin, unto death. You can take yourself right out of the grace of God and put yourself right back under that law of death by who it is and what it is that you yield yourself a servant to. And so he explains that to us, and he goes through and tells us all of these wonderful things. In chapter 7, he helps us understand that, yes, there are these two natures that exist within us. There is this flesh that we seemingly can't get away from and we struggle with. And as we read the last few verses of Romans chapter 7, it's very clear to us that there is this combative um, thing that exists within us that is constantly trying to pull, away, pull us away from the things of God. That is that death that happened in the beginning, as you all uh, spoke to before. That is that spiritual death, that state of being dead, that's constantly trying to keep us separated from God. But Paul tells us as we move through chapter 8 that that's okay because we're, no, we're not subject to condemnation if we walk. Not if we 
um, necessarily just confess, not if we necessarily just believe, but if we walk. And so as I get further into the book here, and, and we'll not take too much longer, but I hope you're beginning to see that there is a totality of directions that exists here that must be understood in order to fully understand two or three words or two or three verses out of a portion of scripture way down the line. There is a there is a process that has happened here through Paul. And as he begins through chapter eight to talk to us about the flesh versus the spirit and how we have to walk in the spirit. He tells us in one verse in chapter eight, and I believe it's verse 10 or 11, that, that what it's going to take to get us to heaven is the spirit of Christ in us. He says, if so be, in the King James Version, that the spirit of Christ dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You know what that's saying? If you want to leave this carnal, temporal, fleshly, worldly existence and be transformed when that last trumpet sounds and be caught up with him in the air, as Corinthians tells us, the dead in first shall, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with him. If we want to experience that, the only way that happens is if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in me. If I have that same spirit, Christ, that Holy Ghost that happened to them in Acts chapter 2, that third beginning that you and Brother Ernie spoke of, that has to exist in my life or there is no mechanism by which my spirit can be quickened. There is no way, as Paul tells us in Corinthians, by which my mortality can put on immortality or my corruptible can become incorruptible. It is that spirit that quickens us, that makes us alive. And so then again, as we go back to that Romans 10 where we started, and we read those verses that say, just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Yes, those things are not untrue, but they are not the totality of the experience. They are not the totality of the instruction, the letter. They are just a portion of what is given further down the Roman road. And Paul bases those things on the assumption that the people that are reading chapter 10 have read and understood chapters 1 through 9. And so as I wrap up here today, I, I would just say this. As we all journey this road, as we all go down this uh, the, the, the truth traveler, uh, which I think is amazing uh, name for your podcast, by the way. Um, and I love the graphic uh, on, your, uh, on your feed page there. Um, but as we do this and we... We make our decisions daily. We begin to um, try to do our best to live the way that we we believe God wants us to live, to try to genuinely search scriptures and, and to seek out um, the things of God, to work out. There's another one of those action verses Brother Ernie spoke on um, recently, to work out work out our own salvation with fear, fear and trembling, as we begin to do those things in an earnest and sincere desire to be more like him, to be holy. That's what Peter says, that we want to be like God. We want to be holy because he's holy. And so as we begin in that journey of holiness, um, and as we know, 
we you you all talked about those three beginnings. The beginning is just the beginning. That beginning that occurred at the day of Pentecost was just the beginning of the Christian experience. It was just the day that we received the Spirit of God in our hearts as evidenced by the speaking of tongues that we can certainly um, go to the book of James to understand better. As that happens, that's definitely just the beginning. The journey goes on from there, and it is a beautiful journey, and it is a wonderful journey. It is sometimes a difficult journey, and it can be a very confusing journey if we don't make sure that we understand the fullness and the completeness and the totality of the directions given. And so I, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of your podcast today, Brother Albert. I appreciate that very much. Um, I hope that something um, that we talked about today can spur something in someone's heart uh, to just begin to look into the Word, to just begin to look into the things that God has given us. And, and as I sit here in my office and I feel the Holy, the Holy Ghost and I start to get a little um, cryy. Um, I feel like I'm okay with that. Brother Ernie has done that every podcast, so I, I think I'm in good company. Um, but it's because we're talking about the Word. We're talking about the Word of God, that Word that was God, that Word that is God, that Word that is is both forever settled and speaks to us in the exact moment that we need it of the rhema, that Word that we should dig into and dive into and do our best to understand all the directions provided there. Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, Timothy tells us, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And so I would say to all the truth travelers out there today, we're praying for you, and I will, uh, and I will get out of the way and let Brother Albert in prayer, but I want you to know that we're praying for you and that God does have a path for your life. Take the time, get into his word, spend time in prayer. Let that Holy Ghost, which is the thing that will lead you and guide you into all truth, help you discern the route, help you understand the GPS that can sometimes be confusing. Take the time to understand the fullness of of the directions that the Lord has given. You'll be glad you did, and it will keep you from a lot of trouble. Thank you all. And thank you, Brother Darren, for sharing your heart and your love of the Word of God with us today. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your Word. We thank you that you have supplied us with so many good things in your Word for us to grow, for us to live. Help us to see, Lord, that there's more to this Romans road. There's more to the journey. And I ask your blessing upon all the travelers out there today. Protect them. Help them, I pray, on their journey. And keep us until next time. If you have any comments or questions, again, uh, feel free to drop us an email at truthtraveler1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at the Truth Traveler Podcast. And until next time, this is Brother Albert. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today.